How we doing? How we doing? It is another episode of Mindset Matters. I'm your host, Jimmy Everts. I'm joined today by friend, colleague, real estate and staging extraordinaire, Crystal Thompson. Crystal, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for the invite. Heck yeah. I've been hoping for, looking forward to this for a while. So Crystal, I like to put people on the spot right off the bat, big pressure. So Crystal Thompson, describe yourself as a kiddo. What kind of kid were you? Oh, sarcastic and feisty. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I knew what I wanted. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. What, uh, where did you grow up? In Arvada. Okay. Yeah. I'm a native. Okay. Arvada kid, same. I like it. There we're, we're running out of those. They don't yes. keep very many of us around. <laughs> what part of Arvada were you in? Um, we were right off of 64th and Ward is where I grew up. Okay. Um, and I went to a West for high school. So. All right. Arvada West grad. Okay. <laughs> I like it. So sarcastic, a little bit of, a little bit of humor as a kid. What, what, interests did you well let me backtrack um talk to me about like what did your what did your parents do for work uh, my mom was in the mortgage world she was a lender actually okay yeah it's getting interesting already folks <laughs> and my dad was in computer programming and then he also he still uh, actually writes country music so okay music in the house. we got some good stuff right off the bat <laughs> what uh, and siblings i have one older sister she's 10 years older Okay. Yeah. So with that, with that age gap, safe to say you might not have been super, super close young. I, I think I was really annoying. <laughs> We're supp- I'm a younger sibling. We're supposed to be annoying. Yeah. Uh, no close, but diff- you know, when I was six, she was 16. So that's fair. Definitely a big age gap. I guess. Didn't like you tagging along. <laughs> um, I, I have to dive into that though. Your, your dad writes country music on yes. the side. Yes. Okay. Big and- passion of his. So um, my parents got divorced when I was seven and a half. And, uh, so he went to Nashville to pursue his dream and wrote there for a while. And, oh, wow. Yeah. Didn't get a, you know, number one hit, but he's on a few smaller albums and that's really, that's, it's fun. That's a very cool story. Yeah. Okay. So when you think back to kind of younger days, uh, what were things that you enjoyed doing? What were hobbies outlets? Yeah. Um, I'm a social person still to this day. So, you know, our neighborhood was really close and I loved it. Um, kids all over the neighborhood. We played all day, every day, kickball in the um, cul-de-sac and we would go out in people's backyards and, you know, make little tree houses and huts and glue leaves together and, you know, all the little Heck crafts yeah. we could do. So big neighborhood, um, big family oriented neighborhood is what I grew up in and, so personal hobbies didn't have a lot, not good at sports, not coordinated like that. It's fair. Yeah. So fair. same people person. <laughs> yeah. I like it. It sounds like, it sounds a lot like my, my childhood, especially when you talk about like building things outside and, and doing things outside. Um, were you the type of kid who aspired to be something when you grew up or were you the type that was more like, I'm going to figure this out as I go? Uh, figure it out as I go. Yeah. I loved art as a kid. So I think I always am. Somewhere in the back of my head thought I'd go do something with it. But I think over time it just faded. The What do I want to draw or what am I doing mm-hmm. it for? Um, I still do. It's just more random. I gotcha. Yeah. You think some of that artistic and we'll get into the things you do for a living, but with staging and having to create, does your artistic nature come out with that at all? Yeah. And again, as we get into it more, um, I done a few remodels. I help people design their rooms. Um, so I really love that piece of it a little more hands-on. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's played a big, big part in my, my 
other career. <laughs> Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So, so as you're getting out of going through your, your high school years, uh, what was, what was the next step? Were you the, were you the go to college? Were you the, so I, work? uh, I started work when I was 16. So I was quick to Got get it. a job. Um, I wanted to pay for my car and pay for things. Um, so I did that for a long time and, um, you know, worked 40 hours a week and went to school and I loved it. Um, but after high school, I graduated young. I was 17. I went to Metro. Okay. Um, didn't want to go to a big college. Didn't care about fraternities or doing any of that stuff. Yeah. Again, wasn't into sports. So, um, went to Metro and loved it. Um, got my major in marketing and international business. Okay. So sounds like the work ethic was there pr- pretty naturally, or was that something that you, yeah, you, I I was really, really instilled. I kind of wanted to grow up, probably. You know, okay. thing none of your parents want you to do. It was one yeah. of those like, no, I I want to make money. I want to help around the house. I want to do things. I wanted to move out, like I not because I didn't like my house. I loved my mom, but I wanted my own place. I wanted to decorate it. I wanted to have my own plates, and I just Heck yeah. Maybe it's because my sister's older than I am. I just felt older than I was. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Because she's kind of a, a role model yeah. doing her thing. Yeah. She got married at 18, 19. She'll probably kill me for that. But. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and had That's kids early too. So, you know, I already had nieces and nephews running around at that time. Okay. So Pretty it just young. seemed normal. Very cool. In my world. Very cool. So you mentioned going to, uh, to, to Metro. Um, and what made you, you said marketing and international business. What? Yeah. What kind of interest so I went into marketing there? for kind of the artsy piece of it, but knew I wanted to do business. Um, I guess my dream then was to be something big at like Victoria's Secret, one of those big companies. But, you know, as you get through school, you start to realize that Denver doesn't have a lot of those jobs. Gotcha. Definitely didn't in the past, mm-hmm. um, 20 years ago. So I had to pivot a little bit. Um through marketing school, I realized that 90% of marketing classes are analytics and that is not my jam. Yeah. I was more yeah. like, let's help create the vision and the billboard and the, the, the actual visual visualizations, the websites. Like I can see the vision. I don't want to do the coding and I gotcha. Yeah. Do all the research for it. So I got actually very bored in marketing classes. There were only three that I liked. Um, and so I decided to get a minor to make sure that I graduated because I was just losing interest. Yeah. Um, so I added the minor in international business just in case I didn't like the jobs I was going to come out Smart. Of college with. Um, it just kind of gave me a little bit of a balance and it actually was a lot more fun. They taught you about marketing in other countries and just a little more hands-on. So it was cool. I like that. And your experience at Metro itself awesome. Look back with some fond memories. Yeah, we had a great time. I loved it. Smaller campus, but it's, you know, you're living the city life, so yeah. you're in and out. And again, I had a job, so I was all over the place. So it was nice for me. You said you were working full time while you were going to college. Yeah. And you had my work ethic didn't kick in until like six or seven <laughs> years after that. That's heck yeah. Yeah. So what was the first step as you're as you're getting out of college? And and I mean, you're already experiencing the real world in so many ways. But you know, when when you're moving on from college, what were some of the first steps? What would that first year or two look like? Um, I got engaged. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Did other things. No. Um, yeah, I just, I kept working and then I started to look for marketing jobs and that was kind of when I really found that they were a lot of door knocking sales jobs that was just not oh, what yeah. I wanted yep. at the time. Um, mm. 
Still don't actually. <laughs> That's ah, it's funny when I when I moved back here in 2008, I was looking at marketing positions, and so many of them bait and switch you that way. Yes, you yes. think it's a big I I marketing like opportunity. Yeah, all just and to here, go. go go see if you can sell this person a roof inspection. Yeah, I'm like no, thank you. Fantastic. Um, you said you met your husband. You met your fiance. Not my current one. Sorry. Nope. Um, oh, <laughs> so that was I was young. I was 21. Um. But after that, I, I was working, I worked a few different retail jobs. Most of them were retail. I worked at Papyrus. I did wedding, custom wedding invitations, loved all of that. And then I bartended for a really long time. Actually, that was big bread and butter for me. Um, yeah. and I love it. It's probably like. You got to go through your bartending. You got to go through your service industry yes. years. Yes. It's a requirement. And I had a lot of them, um, but I loved it. It was definitely a part of my life that I wouldn't ever live without. So, Thank you. Um, but then I started, I started working for a garlic media group was probably my big first marketing job. And so, um, they're a local media company that specialized in video at the time and it was really getting big. So I was actually able to talk to clients and participate in the world of video and social media and websites when it made sense. Um, yeah. So I was their business development manager and loved that. So did that for a few years and then went off to real estate. Okay. What, so in those, in those few years, uh, kind of what was the catalyst to you moving on to other opportunities? So, um, after garlic, it was just time, you know, you get to a place where you're like, okay, I don't want to be in sales that way anymore. Um, so I moved on to actually work with my mother. She was a mortgage banking consultant. So she, let me level this down a little bit. She, <laughs> um, she used to take bankers to brokers and build their warehouse line and sell on the secondary market. Okay. Um, so she worked in compliance and we did all of their compliance manuals and all of these things. And I had worked for another consultant in the past, um, as well as a business development manager. And I just looked at my mom and I was like, you could be doing this at a full level, um, not just one client at a time. And you can really make some great money. Mm -hmm. Um, so our, my stepdad was also in lending at the time. And so we just kind of built a little company and, um, okay. I was their marketing person. And then my sister actually came on a little bit later. Um, so were they, were they doing both back in, you know, compliance for companies and originating or were Not they? Anymore. Yeah. She had stopped originating. Okay. Yeah. So they were supporting lending businesses in their creation and development. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so it got so intense that like my sister and I were locking loans, um, selling bundled packages to Wells Fargo. Um, so I know a lot about the backside wow. <laughs> and I grew up with the front piece of it. So yeah, I knew I never wanted to be a lender. <laughs> okay. So you knew firsthand that's not okay. Yeah. I have memories of like my mom throwing her pager out the window, <laughs> like, you know, just like <laughs> kind of like when we all want to turn our phone off, it was just one of those. I remember going with her to do her loan apps at people's houses and just, it's, Oh, I imagine that's, yeah. yeah I can only imagine the person. work that they do at that time. Yeah. Um, but mainly it's, it's the paperwork, the tedious stuff. I don't do well with tedious. Um, so I knew I wasn't wanting to fill out paperwork and manage everyone's paperwork, mm -hmm. deal all that stuff. So, um, but unfortunately she got diagnosed with cancer and passed away. Um, and so our 
company wasn't qualified enough to do what she was doing. She was opening up Fannie Mae cash windows and her resume is what got us hired essentially. Um, so I was like, I'm finally ready to go get my real estate license. Okay. What I did. I'm very sorry. Thank you. So talk to me about that step. So you, you have a, a, very solid knowledge of, of the industry that you're jumping. You do obviously a lot to, to learn about executing it, but you've, you've been around it. So talk me through the, those first stages of, I'm sure real estate school does so much to, to prepare us all, Oh Lord! Uh, but yeah. what are, what are some of your <laughs> memories of, of those years? Um, I think utter confusion for a while, to be honest, just like you said, like the test, I was like, this is like, I feel like I'm testing to be a mortgage lender. Like the questions on there, you're just yeah, so much law. Yeah. And so much misleading answers like that. They're just trying to trap you. Um, but also not teaching you anything about what you're going to do day to day. So I, I started with, um, Keller Williams did a lot of the trainings, loved it. But I really just didn't feel comfortable with my with the contracts. No one really they wait till you get your first deal, right? Yeah, like yeah, everything is learn as you go. And I get it to an extent. Um, but so a good friend of mine worked for a broker in Littleton, Bruce Dunning is his name, and he was he used to teach CNE courses and was just very skilled in contracts and had been in the business for like 40 years. Okay. So I moved over to that brokerage mainly cause I wanted contract support. I just didn't want to worry about it yeah. at all. Um, cause I had my marketing background. So I was like, I can handle all of the so other So you weren't things. worried about finding the business. You wanted support in the execution. Yeah. I think it's hard enough to sell a good product, but when you're the product, I wanted to have full faith in it. It's really hard to sell yourself. Absolutely. Um, so I knew that that was just making me so nervous that I just wasn't confident enough in it. And so I needed to go where it was just not an issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I got my CNE with him, uh, certified negotiation expert thing, few day course really felt great. You're surrounded by like 40 other agents in a room and you go through different case studies and everyone has the same question. And when you realize everyone comes back with 40 different answers, it just really gives you a good grasp on the, the job you're going to be in every day, mm-hmm. which every seller's different. Every buyer's different. Right. Every agent is different. So it really taught me how to negotiate and built my confidence there. And then from then I actually moved over to Weston, Maine, um, killer marketing, great opportunity. So I, I went there and started my business. That's really when I started going all in, Growing. um, on that. And I was, fortunate enough to be able to do that, to take the first two years slower, go with my sphere, not need to go all in at the first, right out the gate. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so it worked, I kind of build up over my sphere over the few years. And then after that, I decided to open real home co. So Heck yeah. here we are. <laughs> when you kind of, when you look at, especially the, the, those, those first few years. So you, you get some experience and some confidence with, the contracts and everything there you mentioned, talk to me about how you applied your, your background in marketing to, you know, the, the early years of, of your business. Yeah, it was a lot of personal, um, utilizing my sphere, you know, making sure that the people in my sphere really knew that I was a realtor. Um, 
the way to market in real estate can be either really cheesy or really salesy. And I didn't want to be either one of those things. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time making it more personalized, um, hosting a lot of parties, Heck yeah. <laughs> taking people out to dinner and just really diving in relationship wise with the people around me. That feel pretty natural. I mean, that seems like your MO anyway. It feels like yes. something you would be doing anyway. Yeah. And I loved it because I didn't feel, I don't feel like I'm working right? I'm yeah. having a happy hour with people and I do know enough to be dangerous in both <laughs> lending and real estate to um, be a great resource for people. So I just started doing things that were authentic to me yeah. and it makes me feel a lot better. Cause this, this may be a very random question. Knowing the work ethic you've had for uh, an extended period of time, uh, early on in your real estate career, did you almost feel like you were screwing off when you're, when you're doing so many things that you enjoy, but yet still growing a business? I did actually. Part of me really kind of enjoyed it. Um, we had just remodeled a a house. Um, but also my stepson had had a baby. And so I was helping a a lot with them, like getting them to school and helping them get through their work day. Um, and so Troy, my husband was just super supportive of it growing organically. Okay. So how did you two meet? We met at the Sedalia bar and grill. Yeah. Yeah. Sedalia. All right. I bartended there for a while. I like, was he the regular at the end of the bar? No, (laughs) (laughs) not the regular, but, um, yeah, we had seen each other a few times and then it took us a few years to actually come full circle. But, um, after a few different rendezvous at different bars, keep running into each other and, it's finally time. <laughs> I like it. I like so, it. Yeah. What does he do? He wholesales cars. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So both in a, and how, I, again, this random question, <laughs> um, how he's, he's in a, a sales position as well. Um, how do you two kind of learn from each other when it comes to operating your business or do you? Um, I learn a lot from him actually. He's great to bounce really competitive negotiation deals off of, um, to be like, I'm reading this like this, or mm-hmm. is that how you would have read this text? You know, there's a lot more texting than yeah. hearing people. Yeah. It's hard. Um, and so I love that because we can bounce things off or he'll come back with like this really harsh, like no is the most powerful word there is just tell him no. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's a little much, but, um, it's good. It just gives you different perspective to be able to, really take as much information to your clients or your peers as you can. And again, like back to that negotiations class, I just, I love knowing what the options are yeah. rather than just being like, no, this is how I always do it. Yeah. I don't work like that. So. Heck yeah. Uh, talk to me about, you know, we, we call this podcast mindset matters. Talk to me about um, some of your, whether it's daily habits, non-negotiables, things that just kind of keep you feeling right and moving in the direction you want to be moving. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of very independent um, friends. (laughs) A lot of them run their own businesses, very strong-minded women. Um, I intentionally have lunch with most of them once a week. Okay. Um, Again, I'm a social person, so sitting at home in my office um, reading a book is not my personality. It actually takes a lot for me to, for you to find me reading a book. (laughs) I want to. It sounds amazing, but I never do it. 
So I put myself around people that I trust and that run their businesses really well. And that when we all have issues, we can bounce those off of each other and decompress. It's huge. Um, I think the decompressing is probably my favorite part about it. We can just kind of go to lunch and be like, we're all successful business people and it's okay to just relax sometimes for a yeah. minute. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you in real estate, you're just on all the time. I imagine it's, you're almost giving each other permission during those periods of time to enjoy it when, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. We don't, we don't do a very good job of allowing ourselves to turn it off at any point. Well, yeah, there's not, you know, the general society doesn't know that we're not a nine to five job We're weekends and nights. And plus we have to do marketing. And so your brain is just on all the time. You wake up on a Monday after working all weekend, doing open houses and negotiating deals. And you feel like you're supposed to be working nine to five. And it's like, when is my day off? Yeah. So I've just turned that into something that I still feel like I'm getting value out of um, being around successful people. Absolutely. Um, but also relaxing <laughs> while doing it. Need <laughs> you it. Just tell it just brings your levels down. So. How do you and your husband enjoy time together? How do you kind of step away from, cause I'd imagine his, is his schedule and job pretty taxing as well? Yes. Very. <laughs> um, we cook every night. I mean, maybe not every night, but most nights. Um, if you watch my Instagram, you can see our stories and see us cook most evenings. Um, but Troy is obsessed with the kitchen, and I love it. And so we get home okay. and pour a cocktail, and normally around 6 we start and we eat late at like 8.30, 8.45. Yeah. And so that's that's our time to connect and cook great meals and enjoy our time together. He used to own a dealership and or run a dealership, and it was um, – a lot of work, you know, nine to six, six days a week coming home, you know, you don't just stop working. So that was always our time to okay. rest when he's not golfing. That is. So you said the, the kids are, are older, but you have grandkids Yep. at this point. And how many, do you, four. four grandkids. And how old are they? Uh, well, this just turned 15. Okay. And then we've got a 10, a seven and a two year old. Okay. So you got all the, all the, you got the spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Talk to me about one. Just talk to me about being, being grandma. Talk to me about spending time with them. What's that like? Well, since no one can see me, I'm a young grandma. I just turned I was 40 say, on Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was, yeah, I, we got a modern family. Uh, well, no, I love it. I love it. And well, and I was going to say when you were, when you were talking about your childhood, I knew you were younger than me, but it did sound like like you grew up when childhood was still like fun and childhood and yeah. bikes and outdoors. And so, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> all the things, um, what was the question? So yeah. your experience kids. with kids and I'd imagine like the 15 year old, you could still, we can still remember our, our 15 year old days. So you're, yeah, we're close. Um, yeah, Troy's boys are in their thirties. And so we've got, we got an eclectic family. Troy's 15 years older than me. Okay. So he's 55. And we've been together 11 years, a little over 11 years now. Okay. So I was grandma the day we started dating. Kylie was three. <laughs> I love it. So, yes. Yeah. Imagine me being 28 and being called a grandma. I, so oh Kylie's our God. oldest. And then we have Eli and Riker. And I remember I was at Target with all of them. I think Kylie was like nine. And so I had a two-year-old and a five-year-old in the cart. And this lady behind me was like, your kids are just beautiful. 
And I was like, thank you, because I this conversation is long this to is explain fantastic. our dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'd just gotten used to saying thank you. Yeah. It was so much easier. Yeah. But Kylie was just at that age. She starts yes. laughing and she's like, that is not my mom. That is my grandma. And the yes. look on this woman's face was like. Confusion. Oh, what do I say now? Like, do I ask more questions? And I was like. Oh, yeah. Just so good. So good. <laughs> as awkward as this is, when my when my youngest niece or my oldest niece was a baby, my sister we, we had that age gap enough to where she likes embarrassing me. So she would always, when we were at the store, she'd like hook my arm and be like, come on, daddy. And I'd be like, shut. I mean, I'm like 17 years old. Yeah. Stop it, Andy. I love Very that. Very cool. Yeah, we've had some awkward moments for sure, but it is what it is. <laughs> so do you, uh, and are they, are they all pretty close? Uh, yeah. Well, we, the two boys, the two middle boys are now in another state, but um, Kylie's, here in Parker and um, horse riding fanatic. So that's fun. I like it. Yeah. Just got her permit. And then um, Walker is right here in Littleton. So I take him to help out the parents. I like it. I like it. So So as, as your business has evolved, um, Talk to me about, was there, was there a moment for you where you started to realize, okay, I'm not, I'm not just like good at this, getting good at this. Like I can be, I can be a a player. I can, I can be, you know, a a player in this business, in this community. Yeah. Um, I'm not the best with timelines, but (laughs) it was probably five years ago. Um, Cassidy Benson, I'm not sure Mm -hmm. if you know her with living room. Um, she worked with me and we, she had invited me on a retreat to Arizona, um, with a bunch of other realtors and, you know, you're supposed to surround yourself with greatness and all the, you know, not evil, even level people. So kind of looked up a lot of the women that were on the retreat and I was like, this is who I want to be around and I want to see how they got there. Um, so we went and it was just an awesome time. We all got to figure out why we started the way we did and, you know, um, why we put limiting beliefs on ourselves and why certain people are overachievers and why some of us are okay being just a few deals a year. And it was cool. We came out, a lot of breakthroughs happened there and they're all local. So we all still get together for masterminds and stuff, which is great. Um, but that was probably my pivotal moment of, the business coach there was essentially told me I was limiting myself. Okay. <laughs> I was telling myself that 10 deals was enough. Yeah. And I had yeah. to really reframe that. Like maybe I could retire in five years if I just doubled down and like, but with my mom passing, I'm very careful about my work life balance. Like I still want to enjoy that. my life. I still want to go on vacations. I still want to have cocktails. And to me, the girls that were doing 30, 40, 50 deals a year had no life. Yeah. A lot of sacrifice. Yeah. Um, So it took a lot of reframing for me to be like, okay, but if you just double down for five years, like just go all in. Okay. See where it takes you. Okay. We're in year three now. All right. Is it going as you had hoped? Well, this this market (laughs) being the exception, has it gone the way you had hoped? Yeah, actually it's been great. So, I mean, there was a point 
during COVID where I was like, Whoa, what did I, I might've over manifested a little bit. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. I remember talking to a, a, a friend of mine and, and fellow lender. She had kind of been, and still is one of my role models as I got in and she had this you know monster year, still pretty new in her business in 2020. And so I remember asking her, what was that like? And she said, Oh, I cried a lot. And I thought she was kidding. And she said, Oh no, no. She said, uh, I was a, in her words, she said, I was a, I was a basically terrible wife and terrible mother, but I was a great lender. So we're going to work on being a better mom and and wife this year. And you'll be still a good lender. Um, how do you, I mean, and, and even, you know, before I met you, one of the things that I had consistently heard was how down to earth and how real you, you are. How do you, um, like you're, you're a confident woman and yet, you know, the, the, you, you have, how do you keep ego in check as you, as you grow, as you if you work things through these things? Um, how do you kind of keep that, that balance? My confidence is a smoke screen. I am not that confident. <laughs> I respect that answer. I, uh, I doubt myself a lot, but I, again, I, I really keep myself around a lot of good friends that when I'm like, why am I not doing this? They're like, I don't know. You're great at this. You know, like, Confidence boosters. I try to keep them around. <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, I think it's good for you, but no, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm great at everything. There are things like I can host a really good party. <laughs> I love it. But I love it. I don't think I'm the best at things. And so I, I think I keep my ego in check naturally. <laughs> okay. No, that makes, and, and you've mentioned, it sounds like, I mean, you've, you've always had uh, a, a nature of, of keeping these, these, you know, positive influences around you. And I'm sure you're a positive influence on, on them in, in return. So. And, and it seems like you have never hesitated to, to reach out or, or kind of, you know, go to the source. If there's something you want to learn or someone you emulate, do you seek that out? Yes. I'm, I'm, really not afraid to ask a question like that's never bugged me. Um, I think some of people's biggest weaknesses is just trying to go about it on their own and not ask or figure it out or, or to delegate. I'm a big delegator sometimes to a fault. Like if I think you can do it better, even if it's getting me a glass of water, I will let you, if you're going to offer, um, I just, I think that's how you manage all of this stress and all of these things on your plate is you have to be, willing to delegate and you have to ask for help. I'm not the best with, I'm not a micromanager of like my own, but like my own marketing and my own execution of those things. I want them to seem like me. Yeah. So those things I still keep pretty close to the chest, but everything else I'm like, no, if you can do that, please do it. I like that. I, and I, I resonate with that. It's tough, especially when someone else is, is writing something for you or creating something for you. And you're like, eh, it's not, it's not the way I would do it, but yeah, you waste I can't, time I can't read our minds. Looking at it being like, that's not it. <laughs> I can't. And so, and you mentioned uh, a handful of years ago, the staging company came into, how did, how did that, how did that venture begin? I wish I really knew the answer to that <laughs> question. <laughs> I uh, for the last few years, my mantra with the staging company has been, it happened to me. Okay. Um, I've okay. adjusted out of that a little bit, but, um, at one of my previous brokerages, one of the managing brokers had an agent that was like, Hey, I've got photos in a few hours. This bachelor pad needs some help. And the managing broker was like, take crystal. She'll fix it. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> 
based on based on know. things you had done before or just I had remodeled my home and so I had been sharing some lifestyle photos and I think that that was the catalyst okay. but um so you had an eye for it yeah and I was flattered so I'm like sure I'll come help you we got down there and you know we just had to work with what he had and we had brought a few different things but tweaked it and so then like a month later another agent reached out kind of big crisis too owner occupied didn't a lot of stagers in Denver don't do owner occupied. So, okay. Um, I kind of accidentally became a very popular owner occupied stager. So it, it just evolved. It'd be one a month and then it was two a month. And then I had to learn how to rent furniture. Yeah. And then I had one storage unit and then I had eight storage units. And then I was doing like three <laughs> stages a week. Um, we actually just sold the stagecoach. I bought a, a white creeper van, if you will, oh, four yeah. years ago. And, it finally doesn't get used anymore because now we have a warehouse and we have movers and okay. staff. And so Talk it's to evolved. Me. <laughs> I can't, I, I'm, I'm sorry for some of these randoms. Talk to me about staging an owner occupied home. What some of the nuances there? Cause I never really, I really thought about that. Well, I can t- the one this morning for a perfect example. So you walk through somebody's house, they're not willing to move out. Their home is probably not the most marketable. Um, and so an agent will call us and have us come in. We'll give them a list of things we suggest on how they can get top dollar. And then if they're like, we don't want to do any of that. Sometimes they'll be like, we do want to move out, but only certain things. So a lot of times what we have them do, it's typically bedding is the worst one. <laughs> People don't I believe have it. the best bedding. Yep. Yep. Um, and then just certain, certain couches need zhuzhing and rugs, rugs, people, struggle with. So I don't judge, but they don't photo well. So, but the one we went to today, like they were told to get rid of a bunch of things and we got in there and there's still like cat poop on the floor and like, Oh, oh wow. It was gross to be honest. So today's was not one of our better moments in time, but what happens is we do all the bedding, we do all the art, we do all the accessories, make it pop, make the photos much more marketable, but people still live there. Yeah. So, um, they can use our stuff. Most decorative pillows, they just put in a closet when they're okay living there, but it just makes showings a lot easier and they try to do the whole not touch it thing for a while, but okay. <laughs> yeah. The, the couch with the plastic over the top of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Something like that. And I imagine, as you mentioned, so some of that artistic nature comes out. I mean, do you find it fun still, you know, putting, putting a room together or finding, finding the best visual for a space? Yeah. I, I kind of come out of it a little bit. Um, the last year because we were super busy. Um, and my assistant at the time was very good at it and very passionate about it. So I'd kind of handed the baton off like, okay, you can help my brain calm down for a little bit. And it almost put my brain in hibernation. As I was saying earlier, it was like, it just kind of turned off for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're starting to do a bunch of event setups. Like, I don't know if you've seen, but at weddings, they have like nice couches and two chairs out for like a little cocktail lounge. Yeah. Um, those have really kind of sparked my interest a lot these days. Um, and even this morning, to be honest, my assistant was like, this is so gross. I can't believe we're doing this owner occupied stage. Like this is gross. <laughs> and I was like, I know, but watch like this one rug. We're just going to change this one rug. And this whole room is going to look and feel so much better. And I was like, I think that's why I got into staging is because I 
I love being able to show people what you can do with just a different, a few simple changes. You don't need to buy all the luxury stuff and the $200 pillows and the crate and barrel, everything to make your house look and feel good. And so even just leaving today, it was a simple, I think it was $900 stage. We were in and out of there in an hour, but new rugs, new bedding, some new art. And the place looks like a completely different home. And I love the owners going back and texting me and being like, wow, place looks great. And a lot of them hire, hire us when they move. Like, can you come in and help? That's what I was going to ask. Okay. So it leads to further, further connections down the road. Yeah. Which is hard because to be honest, I didn't want to get into design because I didn't want, when you get into design, people get picky and people are like, I don't like that. Because now it's there forever. And they can't see the whole vision. Um, So most of my design clients have a rule of being what I call HGTVers. If you're not going to leave the house (laughs) and want to be surprised in a week when you come home, I'm not your girl. Okay. You're not going to let them like pick and choose as they go. You're going to do it all. They can see it. Yeah. We've got a great questionnaire. I walk you through a few stores. I can see what you're pointing out. I ask you to tell me if you absolutely hate something. Um, and then I give them a general mood board. But other than that, I stick within the budget. And, a mood board. Yeah. Like a kind of like a Pinterest, a picture of a the general concept that they'll get colors. Okay. Maybe the couch style. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Um, talk to me about the, the 40th birthday celebration. You had, you took a fun trip. Oh yeah. Speaking of being passionate about something, I finally got passionate about a event set at my own party. I created my (laughs) Tuscany under the stars 40th birthday in our backyard. And I wanted like air mattresses out there and like, cause the sun sets at six 30. Yeah. I was like, everyone can sit down on the mattresses, have some cocktails, have some pizza. Troy got all crazy and bought some pizza ovens and wanted to make pizza yeah. for 40 people. And it was funny, but as the week kept getting closer, it went from 60 degrees to 50 degrees to 40 degrees. Thank you, Colorado to a blizzard. Oh, no. So I had designed this beautiful <laughs> event space outside and I couldn't even use it. And that made me mad. I was, finally got passionate about it, about it and wasn't able to use it. So we moved all of the little alfresco um, dining tables into my living room and had 40 people there while we made pizza in the snow. <laughs> were they, I, I'd imagine your guests were. I have some of the cool best and troopers. In the world. Yeah. Like and they had- everyone showed up in parkas and hoodies and stood outside by the fire pit and had cocktails and just had a so great knew time. How, and they knew how much effort their friend put into it yeah. on your birthday. But they're awesome. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Um, and your trip, you had a trip down to Mexico. Yes. We just got back from Tulum, a girl's trip that we've been oh, yeah, in the Tulum, last few right. years. And it's kind of my reset button the last five years. We just love it. It's yeah, cool. it in March cause it's cheaper than. Do you go to Tulum each time or just somewhere in Mexico or so very generally Tulum? It's kind of like saying Denver and then coming to Littleton. Um, like we go right outside Tulum in Akamal. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Turtle yeah, Bay. Yeah. And then another time we were like 10 minutes from Akamal, but last Heck year yeah. we were actually in Tulum this year. We were on the beach in Akamal. So Heck yeah. yeah it was That's awesome. great. That I mean, I, I find that whenever people have that, that, that group and that you keep, you know, talking about throughout, you know, those are the people that, I don't know, they just tend to have, you know, ha- happiness can be a, a roller coaster, but I don't know, just something that kind of brings you back to, to home base. Yeah. Talk to me about something that has you excited. Talk to me about something that has you jazzed. Um, I've got some 
things coming up that I can't actually fully talk about, but I am, um, I'm actually excited to pivot a little bit, um, in my business. So both of them actually, and just, they are, I, I mean, I guess I'll be a little confident here. I've gotten good at my job and these things are a little more challenging. So I've had to like really temper my mood and be like, you can do things that aren't comfortable. Yeah. Um, so kind of entering a challenging era. No, I respect that. Yeah, right about it. And and in this, when we when we kind of talk about markets and what's going on in the world, not uh, talk to me about kind of the the general conversations you're having with with clients and friends right now. Um, yeah, I get a lot of feedback that it sucks <laughs> our market. Um, you know, I think we needed a we needed a little bit of balance, but it has swung pretty far. So it's yeah, hard, it's hard to both ways. Yeah. Hard to explain. Um, most of my conversations range around people like, well, interest rates used to be around 18%. And I'm like, yeah, they did. But houses were $75,000. Thank you. Thank you. And they're 8% and we have $600,000 homes that, you know, to our owner occupied this morning, it's going to hit at 425 and it still has an HOA. Like that's somebody that qualifies for almost a $550,000 house. Yeah. You know, so it's definitely different. Uh, I think we've lost too much of our buyer pool. Um, that I think was helping us thrive. And I think we're going to see a lot of um, pent up demand from all the people that got in at 3% that now can't sell because they can't afford to buy in the next few years. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'd like to say that interest rates are going to go back to the fives and sixes, but that to me feels more level. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Agreed. At at some point, I think we're we're in for a while, but we are getting there. Um, any, uh, so you, you, you had the, you had the trip, you had the birthday, um, anything that you're excited and looking forward to in, in personal life and personal world? Uh, well, I mean, the 40th was a big one. So, and I love my birthdays. Sure. It's actually like a huge Heck deal yeah. for me. So, um, but as far as the rest of the year, Christmas, I always look forward to Christmas. Heck yeah. So it's Heck my yeah. time to be. You get most of the family together or you said that. Two two of the grandkids are in another state. Where are they? Uh, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then we've got one of our sons in um, D.C., so he'll be back for that um, for Christmas. And we just do a big Christmas Eve celebration. My mom was Norwegian, so we do, like, lefse and uh, all the candies and cookies and things for Christmas Eve. I like it. And we open gifts on Christmas Eve. I love that. My, uh, my wife, we always did Christmas, uh, you know, Christmas day was, was everything. And it became, it's just becomes an exhausting day. Cause you're going all the time and, yeah. and she's Venezuelan and they are big on Christmas Eve. And so that's something we have started and it, it is, it's nice. It's nice to have everyone over and you're not really worried about how late it's getting or anything. You're just, we can enjoy this because the next day can be kind Nothing. of loungy. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. I think you get into the whole Santa thing with kids and then everything gets hard. Like they can't come over cause they're trying to have their relaxing morning, all the family. And so, yeah, we turned our Christmas day just into brunch. And if you want to come great, if not, everyone's in their pajamas. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I would end with this. I get the, the last question for you today is, um, if there is something uh, about you, um, and obviously people, I think listening to this will, will get a, a lot of this, but if there's something about you that you just, you really hope, that your, your friends know, your clients know, that people know about you, what would that be? That they don't already know? 
<laughs> yes, ma'am. Oh, Just something about your your spirit, your your outlook, you know, anything. Just something that you really hope that they that they get uh, about you. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say most of my friends do, but to clients and everybody else um, or future people that don't know me, just I'm very authentic. Um, I can come across a little, you know, people have used the B word in comedy on occasion, but it is with love. It's that I have no problem telling you nicely that like, I think you can do better or I think that we can work on things together or um, I'd like to see you thriving and in a healthier relationship or in a healthier workspace. I'm just, you know, my tagline for a long time was I'm real honest and I'm real relatable. And that's just, I spent a lot of time trying to dive into who I am. Yeah. That's really what it's come down to is I I just, I think about how you feel and I'm not just going to say anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) to you, but I am going to be very authentic. Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate you. Thank you very much for Thank joining you me for today. Me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. That was Crystal Thompson, realtor, stager, amazing human being, and, and I appreciate your time. This is Mindset Matters. I am your host, Jimmy Everts. Until I hear you next time, peace.